Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome in here to the Get After It podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Griffin. Stoked to be with you guys today and stoked for even more excited, rather, for my brother, Chris Griffin, who's joining us today um, to talk about real estate, talk about some of the challenges he's overcome. Uh, Chris has been in real estate for almost 10 years. He's 28 years old, but he got involved. He got the first taste of real estate. He's going to talk about it in this episode while he was in college. Um, and I think there's two buckets of people who are going to benefit the most from this. The first is like I almost anybody listening to this podcast. If you've got a big challenge in life or in business, whatever the case is, Chris has overcome so much in his pursuit uh, of, 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 of success in real estate that I think it's just inspiring. I think there's going to be something you're going to be able to take away and really apply from this. Um, no doubt. The second part of this, frankly, is anybody who wants to learn more about real estate or wants to be a realtor themselves. I think you guys are going to love this episode. He talks about real estate right now, mid a pandemic. He also talks about real estate as an investment. Why does real estate matter? Um, I think this is a powerful episode. I think you will all love it. And by the way, he just launched a YouTube channel called Close the Deal. He's going to be sharing uh, secrets and lessons and things that he's learned over the days. Uh, And he's accessible as well. So find him on Facebook, Chris Griffin. Uh, check out his YouTube channel, Close the Deal from Chris Griffin. So much value, awesome stuff in this podcast. We're going to jump right in. We got carried away when we got started and we kind of went on a ramble before we officially started the podcast, which we're going to include in the podcast because he, he shares some great insight on this as well. So without further ado, guys and gals, let's get after it with Chris Griffin. This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. Are you still doing showings virtually, or is it everything back in person? No, I'm in person, dude, but I got 23 clients right now. I usually have six. Is anybody still virtual though? Is anybody no. still virtual? No. No. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. No. Wow. They're all they're all in person now. Everything's in person. So gonna wear a mask, but every, everything's in person. So yeah, I mean I, I haven't had a virtual showing in geez, probably since May. And does the, the wait the masks? So the, to me the thing I hate about the masks, it takes away all the face. It literally takes I can't even read you know, how somebody is feeling. I can't read anything about anybody's face. Is that, is that make, does that hurt? You think? Yeah, I know it definitely makes it more difficult for sure. But I mean, it's kind of the new norm, right? So, um, right. yeah, I mean, you kind of have to deal with it and then you have to talk to them on the phone afterward and really get, get an idea of what they're looking about doing. You know, um, I think a big thing, a big thing with people right now is you show them, you show them their properties, right? But then what you do is you take them out for coffee afterward and you literally bring a purchase agreement with you and you discuss the properties that you saw and find out what they're going to write on. And if they're not going to write on one, why not? And then you can tear it towards the next property. So I think the key to getting really good at a job like this is being able to find the stuff for them. Don't be the realtor who just sits there and waits for them to send you something and then you can go spin your wheels and show it to them. No, you need to go find the stuff yourself and then reach out to them, show some initiative, and that's how you get ahead. I've always been curious. I remember when when uh, mom and dad were selling their house. We had that one. You know, you get 
with that kind of house, you get hit with all these agents, right? And I remember one guy was like trying to, he wanted to put their house on a, on a billboard and like, you know, he's all talking. I've always wondered, are there, are there people like that in your industry that do really well? Like, do you know people that are putting houses on bill? They're obviously, they gotta be studs, right? To be able to pay for billboards. Does it actually work? I've always just been curious to ask you about that. Do you know? I don't, anything? I don't think billboards work. That's my opinion. I just don't, I think it's more of a relationship thing, dude. You know, yeah. I think it's more about who do you know? Like if you know the so agent. What, so why would a real estate agent, somebody who's in real estate, why would they recommend a billboard? Is that a laziness tactic? Do they not have the buyer? Or is that just to, I don't know. No, I, I think it's kind of like, you know, I think subconsciously it sounds impressive, you know, but I mean, realistically, how many of us are looking at billboards when we're driving down the highway? I never look at a billboard. Mm. So, yeah. That's how I look at it. I just, I think it's a waste of money. That's my opinion. I could, you know, I'm sure other people it might work for them, but for us, for my standpoint and my business perspective, I don't think a billboard's really doing anything for you. Right. I think it's all about social media. I think social media is huge. So you want to blow up a house. It's almost like a billboard now, right? Social exactly. Launch on social media, you know, Facebook, mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, freaking blow it up on there. Have you okay. had any, have you personally had any deals? go through just through Facebook, like a lead yeah. through Facebook? Well, not, not, I've had people reach out to me on Facebook and yeah. we close deals. Yeah. I closed my biggest sale this year from Facebook. Oh, wow. You know, let's keep going with this. <laughs> I was going to do a, a fancy intro. This is the Get After a Podcast. Welcome in everybody for this one. I'm, I'm speaking with Chris, who's my brother. Um, hello, I'm, hello. To have him on here. I think we're just going to have to keep going with that banter that we just did because that was just good. Let's just keep rolling. Let's keep rolling with that. Well, let's go with it. So, so, so give us your background. Give us your background when you first got in started. Cause what I remember is the whole, I mean, I, 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 I know the horror story part of it, but you, you know, actually like the passion driven part of it. Can you take me back to before you flip the house when you're 20 and give us a little bit of an overview, if you don't mind, catch people up uh, who don't know who Chris Griffin is. Well, yeah. So, you know, I was bored. I was pretty confused on what I wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't even have a direction. I don't even, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't even know how we came across wanting to flip a house. I, I think what we were doing was um, I was with a buddy of mine who likes to build. He likes building things. So um, we literally started just driving streets and looking at Zillow. And we actually showed up to some people's homes that had their like homes listed for foreclosure. And this is before I knew like, you know, stuff was rented out. We could be talking to a renter, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So we started going through the city, um, just kind of looking at stuff. And um, that's kind of how it started. I mean, it took us several months. I, I think it was probably like four or five months of really looking around. Um, and then we just bought the first house we bought, which you know of, you know, was $6,000 through the land bank. This um, was a, you didn't buy this from a billboard obviously no it was not through a billboard no it was through the land bank so that's basically a um it's a program in the city where they just buy up these homes and they sell them at an auction starting at a grand so we got it for six thousand dollars um and we never even saw the house so that was the, i didn't even know where this house was we just bought this house we're like oh it looks nice let's let's buy it you know uh, no, I, I think most people in their brain are thinking these this this guy bought a house how long ago by the way was this this was in 2013. So in 2013, so about seven, eight years ago, you, you bought, I, I'm imagining most of the people listening to this are, are hearing a $6,000 house and immediately they're thinking it's a POS. You want to give them a little bit more, uh, you know, I guess paint that picture a little bit more because I think it was 
it was it certainly it it had some it had some character, right? You want to talk about our six thousand dollar house? It did, it did. So it was a gorgeous house. I mean, it really was, but it needed a total gut job. Um, I think we went a little overboard because we changed the whole layout of the house. So I think that was a little much. Um, but yeah, no, it needed a whole. It was a gut job. Right. It was a gut job. Um, I mean, we did everything from the electrical to the plumbing. But I mean, the interesting part was like the the street itself, because you know, in Detroit. Um, in that part of the city, you, you really have to watch your property. You know, you can't just throw a furnace or something in there. It'll walk away um, in the middle of the night. So we had to hire a house mm -hmm. sitter. So that was kind of fun. So, um, yeah, I mean, it definitely was a POS. <laughs> so, so the house sitter, does the house sitter just live at the house? Yeah, yeah, he uh, he had a mattress on the floor, mm -hmm. and he stayed wow. there. And I bought him lunch and dinner for every day for like three months. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, yeah. And he so, was like an older gentleman, so not someone you would think would be sitting a house, but he did a good job. I'm trying to think how I think I was. I, I, I think I was 14 or 15, and I don't think I. It is amazing how little fascinated I was about this whole thing. I thought you were super cool for doing it, but then I was way too cool and not wanting to be involved in it as much. But what I do remember is the it, it was uh, going to be like a spring break project, and the next thing I knew, you guys were renting a dumpster and going up and taking off the roof and like everything. You want to talk? You want to talk about just how? Because I think this is important for anyone to understand how you're finding success in real estate. Most people listening to this podcast are looking to do it over a matter of years. I want to talk about this experience, what you learned from this, and just talk about the life experience that came from it too, because this has got to be, I mean, I, can't, I can only imagine just the realization of how, because you're so green in this field of, oh my gosh, we're going to have like, I mean, there had to have been just so many I'm in over my head moments while you were working on this project. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the first moment was, you know, just like you had mentioned, um, we had gotten this house like, you know, we put our bid in, we're like, okay, we're going to close tomorrow. You know, no idea what, you know, it actually meant, right. you know, you have to do title and all this stuff and it takes weeks to close. We thought it was going to take a day. So um, our plan was to get it done in 14 days. We're like, we're going to flip this house in two weeks over winter break and get it on the market and be good to go. That was our plan. Right. Did not work out. Uh, it actually took about a year to get this thing done. Mm. So ah. it took about a year. Um, and the reason it took a year um, to talk about, you know, being over your head you know, there's a lot of things we didn't do. Um, so there wasn't title on the house um, just because of how it was sold. Um, so I had to track down every owner from that house from the 1950s and go to their property to get them to sign off their interest on the house. Um, so that was very, um, that kind of delayed things. I had to basically hire a lawyer and get people's interest off the property. And that took like two months by itself and cost a couple grand. So that was fun. Um, contractor stole all our tools, got deported to Poland. Um, I've mentioned that a few times. So that, that was a moment when you learned, because he actually, had, he had come in, um, we hired him to start the roof because we had all our fraternity brothers from college up there with like hiking equipment, trying to get this roof done. And it took us, you know, two weeks <laughs> in and we're sitting well, that's there. A, that's what I remember. Uh, but by the way, guys, whoever's listening to this and thinks that Chris had this like team together, it was literally 
your your guys from the fraternity during spring break that were working for like eight bucks an hour cash that were on a roof in, in, down in Detroit that were just you, you guys were working on this. I remember going down there with Uncle Bob and it was like it was like 20 guys were on this project. Yeah. And you guys were just you guys were hammering away at everything on the roof and just throwing stuff around. So you guys put that did you get did you end up getting the roof done with them or was it this contractor that helped finish this? We got it half done. We got it half done. So it was half done and uh, the drywall was up inside the house and it started raining. So I had to replace the drywall inside the house. And I'm like, we got to hire this roof out. Wow. So and we hired the roof out and this was the guy that ended up just not showing up to work one day, stole half our stuff. And then I found out he sold the stuff and got deported to Poland. Um, and then I hired another guy and this guy gotten like a screaming match, came in the house, took his shirt off, threw it down on the floor and starts just yelling at us about how, you know, he should be doing X, Y, and Z and we should be doing this differently. So, you know, long story short, um, the contracting and the labor part of it, you definitely learn how to work with different types of people for sure. I mean, granted, I was not hiring the cream of the crop either. You know, so, so let me ask you this, and I want to make sure we we move on to hit on everything else that you're here sure. to talk about with our with our listeners. But for you, in these moments, that you you these, I can't even imagine this. Drywall is is just soaked. You have to replace all of it. There's these, all these moments. So walk us through how you just hammer through that, because that's got to be just a. Is it literally just because there's just no other alternative? How do you pick up and you just put yourself through that wall? quite literally and figuratively to, to, to get yourself through that challenge. Well, you know what? I remember the breaking point. So I did push through, but I did have a breaking point. I was at um, school and I had found out about this title problem. Um, and I went to my car to get in, to get back to my condo. And I grabbed the car door and the door came off, like the skin of the door came off with and I had to take the car in for repair. This costs like two grand, this this repair. Um, but long story short, that set me over the edge. And I was like, this is insanity. We need to hire it out. So at that point I hired the whole thing out because there was still some work that was getting done while this title work was getting taken care of. So um but no we there was no option. I mean we had to finish it. You know, because it was I mean there was bills. There was taxes. There was utilities that were on. You know, the list goes on. So you talk about all this and to put a bow on this and your introduction to real estate, I promise it gets better from here. Right. But, but to, to, to say this, what, give us the, what were the end numbers? Because it's actually not, you guys did a heck of a job for getting out of there for what you got in uh, or for what, for what you ended up putting into it was way more than what you probably should have. Talk about the end of numbers and you, you ended up getting close to break even. You want to talk about that? Yeah, it was close. Um, yeah, so we ended up selling it for 60 grand. Um, this was, you know, 60 grand, whoever's listening to this, I understand that's not a lot, but you know, in this, in this particular neighborhood, I think the highest house before that had sold for like 32. So it yeah. was a significant difference. Um, we probably had, we probably had just a little over 60 into it. Um, low 60s. So we lost a little bit, but we were close to breaking even. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, it really launched my career because I would not be where I'm at today if I didn't do that project. You know, I mean, the fact that we were on the news, you know, we were on the radio, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we did get scouted for a couple um, different MTV2. Um, we had Left Field Entertainment reach out um, from New York. I believe they're in New York. 
um, and they reached out um, to interview us for a potential TV show, um, which was cool. Uh, it didn't pan out, but um, you know, it, it really got me on the map, you know, which was great. So um, that's, that's how it started. Catch us up to today. What do you, what do you do? What's your day to day? What's your, what, what deals are you closing? What is your, what is your day to day? And what's your, what, what's your, catch us up on who you are uh, today in the world of real estate. Sure. Sure. So, you know what guys today, so today I'm a real estate agent. I work in Metro Detroit um, and we're just grinding it out every day. You know, uh, this month I'm going to close about 1.7, uh, 1.7 million in sales. Uh, last month I was about 1.9. Um, so we're really pushing it hard. Um, so I would say on average, it's been about five homes a month. Um, so I should be about, you know, not quite five homes a month for the year, but I, I'm on track to hit about 50 sales this year, which is very good. The average agent sells about six homes a year. So, um, no, I mean, I'm working hard, but it didn't start there, man. I mean, it, you know, my first job in real estate was like a telemarketer job. You know, right. I sat there and made hundreds of phone calls every day and tried to get people to come in and meet with a real estate agent to buy a house. You know, um, that was a, probably the hardest job I've ever done. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's just the same thing all day, every day. And it was, it was a grind. And, yeah. you know, then yeah. I moved into the sales gig. So. The, cold, the cold calling anybody's got balls that can do a cold calling gig over see now you're 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 full on crazy for doing it five days a week i i had to do it probably about two days a week for for six months out of when i was recruiting with student painters but that mm -hmm. was nothing compared to well i mean it, it just depends right because we would do call nights where we're just trying to get everybody scheduled up for the next day right we're doing this for putting food on the table so let's take a 30,000 foot view though. You're a regular listener to this podcast. You're probably, you're young, you skew younger. It's a self-help podcast. So it's probably leaning entrepreneurial. It's probably leaning financially. You know, they want to be financially independent. Uh, they sure. want to build something. They want to leave a mark, whatever it would be. The people who are listening to this podcast want that kind of knowledge. Why does real estate matter to them? What does this do for them? And of course we'll talk specifically to realtors in general, but what, what is real estate, if, if somebody has zero knowledge as to what the, what, what, the, what, the, what the positive attributes that real estate has and how getting involved in it is going to help you, you want to just give us an overview on why real estate matters? Yeah, I mean, real estate's huge, guys. I mean, real estate's one of the biggest drivers of the United States economy, okay? So if you think about it, if somebody buys a house, they're going to go out and buy a bunch of other crap, Right. They're yeah. probably going to go out and get new furniture. They're probably going to get TVs, all that stuff. You know, they tell you when you're getting a mortgage to hold off on getting cars or anything like that, right? Because you're pulling such a large loan through, you don't want to get all kinds of extra debt on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a huge driver because you have to think about all the people that are involved and all the money that flows in. Um, but why real estate matters? I mean, right now, guys, in today's society, people are moving out of the cities um, and they are moving into urban, like suburbs, a little bit more suburb area just because of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very interesting to see. Uh, I mean, I, we have builder projects out here. They've risen, they've rose the price of their base price models three or four times in the past two months because yeah. the demand is that high. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for anybody because it's a fantastic investment tool, too. I mean, the rates are record low right now. Absolutely mm -hmm. ridiculous. The money is practically free. 
So, you know, whether it's going to be buying a personal house or buying an investment property, whether that's commercial, residential, I would not go out and buy um, commercial strip malls or office buildings right now because of the whole working from home thing. I think that's really going to affect that market. Right. Um, but, you know, for apartment buildings, um, you know, single family rentals, personal residences, I mean, all that, I mean, go for it. Yeah, those markets are going through the roof right now. It, so. Can you can you break it down almost as if you're trying to talk to like a fifth grader or fourth grader? Can you break it down? What 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 is a uh, what is the what is the mortgage process if you were to acquire a home and rent it out for additional income? What does that even look like? Imagine like take us through a scenario in the sense of like how do you know what are you paying on the on the loan? Like what is it? Why does it make sense for somebody to do this? Sure. So this is the thing. So if you're going to rent out, let's say you buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars okay? Yeah. For, for layman's terms, a hundred thousand dollars. If you're going to rent it out, the loan that you need to do that with is either going to be 20 to 25% down typically depends on your lender. Okay. So let's just say that you're going to put 25% down on that loan. So that's 25,000. Okay. So it's going to cost you $25,000 to get control of a hundred thousand dollar asset. Okay. Mm. Now let's say that the home rents for a thousand dollars a month. Okay. So a thousand dollars a month. I mean, your mortgage payment on something like that, you'll probably after the end of the day, you'll probably be making like, I don't know, 200 bucks a month, maybe. Okay, so if you're making 200 bucks a month, it's $2,400 a year. That's not a huge, I mean, it, it's a decent return, but this is why I like multifamily because <laughs> it, it increases the streams, right? So it's really not a $2,400 profit. It's, it's $2,400 profit on top of the equity you're building in, your, in the property, right? Well, right. So, you're, so yeah, you're building equity, okay? And I, I take the $2,400 that you make per year and account that towards that 25,000. So it's about a nine and a half percent return. Mm. Assuming you do nothing and right. you're paying down the debt. So your renter's paying down the debt and you've got, you're making about 10% of your money. And the 25,000, it's not like I went anywhere. It's invested in a property and that, that, that is your equity to start in the home, right? Correct, correct. You mentioned and, multifamily. What is well, the, you know what? Yeah. yeah, Aaron, the cool thing with multifamily is it's the values are different with multifamily. I mean, they're not different, but they're looked at differently. So if you increase the rents on a multifamily building, that will increase the value of the building. Okay. So right. putting it, for example, you know, you have to find a building that's value add, right? So if you have a four unit complex or not a four unit because that's residential. Once you get to five units, you become commercial. So let's say you've got a 10 unit. You've got a 10 unit building. Each unit's renting out for 900, well, let's say a thousand bucks a month again. Okay. Mm -hmm. But let's say it's got a common laundry area. If you took that laundry and put laundry in each individual unit, you've now increased the value of the property because you can charge a higher rent because the laundry is in each unit now as opposed to a common area. Mm. So that's what's called a value add. So now that you're able to increase the rents, okay, your value of your building will increase as well. Okay? So that's kind of something that's cool and interesting um, to see how things work. I, I think commercial is fascinating. So... Well, so, so real quick on the multifamily, because for you, you're, 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 you're a realtor for individual homes in Correct. Detroit. 
I know one thing that you want to do is eventually get into multifamily. So this is what you're doing yeah. though. When you go and look at a property like that, you're looking for the, how you can do an, essentially a non-cost value add. Because something like the laundry move, maybe you need to get new machines, but hypothetically, if you finance the machines, you know, if you can increase the rent by 50 bucks, I mean, you know, you can find, you know, that, that, that's like, that's a huge, I could see that outweighing the cost of even having to put in some of those things. So you're looking for value. Is that, so, so if somebody's really trying to get into real estate, what's an, what's an example of a value add in a house? Just a few things that just in homes, if it's a single family home, what are value add? For things? a rental? If you're, well, if for- you're somebody, if you're doing, if you're going back to yourself when you were 1920 on Zillow, what do you? What are some quick things that you could notice that would make sense? You know that you would know now immediately, like on autopilot. That you could that you could add value to a house. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. Right. So yeah, if you would do that, I mean, this is the thing. Updates are huge, right? I know this sounds kind of super basic, but updating is huge. Okay, so if you've got a home that's updated, and that's a cool thing to get into a house that is under market value and updated, that's huge, right? Um, another thing is just watching the market trends. So not necessarily according to like a specific house, mm. but if you can identify a neighborhood that's being revitalized or there's a flow of people into that neighborhood, where are people going? Because mm. you can look this stuff up. You can see the different trends of where people are moving online. There's places to look um, to do that. Um, and that will help you determine where to get. But to answer your question here, so the value adds, I mean, the biggest stuff right now, dude, it's basic, but your biggest high return is your kitchen. That's where most of the money you get back is from. The kitchen and bathrooms are huge. Um, neutral colors, because the residential market's different than the commercial. Um, that's what you got to do. I mean, bedrooms are huge. If you can get an egress window in the basement, that'll help a lot because then you can actually put a bedroom down there and it can count as a bedroom when they go to appraise the property, meaning what's the value of the property. So um, there's a lot of different things you can do and it depends where it's located. It depends on the style. Um, There's so many factors involved. Right, right. What's the first, what, what are some of the steps that somebody needs to take who wants to get into real estate? wants to start looking in and trying to find value on the marketplace and try to eventually acquire a property, what are the first steps that they need to take? You know, per, how, how much, you know, is it pump in as much, you know, once you get to, you know, save up X amount of dollars and get it in, or is there a certain percentage you want to make sure that you have left over for repairs? You want to talk about kind of like, how do you budget less so a flip, but a rental property. If somebody's trying to acquire a rental property, what do they have right. to do? What are the steps? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, what I would do, I I think it depends if you're bringing on partners too or not, you know, but honestly, I mean, depending on the market that you're in. Let me, let me, let me, uh, what's the value of bringing a realtor involved and how do you find the right realtor in that way? So like, what's the value of getting a realtor involved to actually make sure the process is right for finding a good unit? So this is the thing. So getting a realtor involved, A, a lot of the really good realtors are going to have access to a lot of off-market properties. Okay, so not just the stuff that's on Zillow. All right, they're going to have access to different opportunities from different wholesalers um, and different investors that might have properties that you can jump on. Um, the other thing with realtors too, it's, it's not only about that, it's about the different inspections you have to do. So like for example, a sewer scope. 
lot of people would never think to do a sewer scope. Um, here, there's certain cities here in Michigan that um, are older, you know, actually not even in Michigan, probably anywhere around the country. Um, the, the scope, the sewer lines are older, they're made of clay. So we have to check those to make sure they're not collapsed or anything like that, because that can be a $20,000 problem mm -hmm. um, that you have to check, you know? So um, bringing on a good realtor is gonna know what you have to look for in certain areas and certain age homes. You know, I mean, I would not bring on a realtor that sold three to five homes or a realtor that's selling, you know, four to six homes a year. Um, I, I really would be bringing on someone that's selling at least 20 homes a year. That, that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, you need someone that really, really knows what they're doing. If you're going to hire somebody that is only selling, I, I would not go out and hire your best friend that just got his real estate license. You know, um, now I'm thankful for the people that used me when I first got my license, but I would not go ahead and do that because you're almost better off just doing it yourself at that point. Yeah. Um, because you got you got to find a way through the paperwork too. I mean, the paperwork alone has gotten significantly more complicated. So right. um, these are all factors to be um, looking at. Let's talk about getting started in real estate um, as a realtor. Um, for 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 someone who's either doing it, and also anybody who's I'm assuming a lot of the advice is going to be very apl applicable. You just said don't hire a realtor if they've only sold three to five houses. So right. we've got a realtor who's on this podcast who's sold zero to four houses. You want to talk about what you would be doing? To, like, what, what, what do you do? What do you do as a real estate agent to stand out amongst the pack? How do you, how do you get people to really buy into you at that age? Well, yeah. So this is the big thing. First off, you got you got to dress the part. You got to dress for the job you want, not to just not the job you have. Okay. So I can't tell you how many realtors I see show up at a house with a t-shirt and shorts on. It's absolutely ridiculous. You need to have a tie on. You need to look good. You need to look the part. So that's, that's number one. You got to show up and you got to look good. Number two, you need to go to the office. You need to go to the office every day at the same time every day and get your day started. And you got to have a schedule for number three. So you have to have a schedule that is very, very depictive of um, what, what's going on. You know, so you can't just go ahead and just, you know, lollygag along all day. You got to have a schedule. Yeah, because so, you lose your time pretty quick. You 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 just fall away. You want to talk about that man time management because sometimes I feel like, uh, especially when you're starting something like I imagine starting as a realtor, you feel like you're putting a lot of time into it, but you're actually probably putting way more time into thinking. So how do you manage your day calendar to make sure that you are just relentlessly on schedule? Well, so that's actually my biggest struggle um, is is managing my schedule because me, I will just work all day every day and not take any time for myself. I'm sure. horrible at that. Um, so managing my schedule, I mean, the biggest thing for me is I'm really trying to not um, go over the allotted time that I give. So I literally just use Google calendars and I put in, you know, the different right. segments of where I need to go. Um, and I really try to hit those segments. Um, and I don't, I'm trying not to book over things either, you know, so if right. I'm like supposed to be making calls, um, and that's another thing too, and not to get off topic, I, I think a really big thing for anyone looking to get involved in real estate is I would not, I, I would probably start on a team and I would probably really focus on making phone calls. It, it's not fun, but it really helps you get an idea as to how to talk to people, which I think is huge. Well, and it's also like, uh, I, I just mentioned talking about how, how much respect I have for people that get through it. But the reality is it almost is just a stimulant. At, at one point you realize the job is just the job. You're calling people. 
300 times a day, you have to get better and better at converting the people that you get there. So it's just raw sales experience, raw, where you're actually talking to somebody. How do you get, so, so I know with real estate, it sounds like, so well, not just real estate, you're dressing the part, you're getting yourself on a routine to hit the, the squares that you got to hit. Eventually you're gonna, it, 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 real estate is something where if you keep putting in the work, eventually some, a client comes, whatever the case is, right? Eventually right. it's going to fall. So how do you, how do you keep going in the, the immediate term where you're short, you don't know where you're going to end up, whatever it is, what do you do to keep yourself motivated on that track to make sure that happens? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. So what do I do? Well, you know, dude, a lot of it, a lot of it to keep myself motivated isn't even real estate related. So like a lot of it to keep yeah. myself motivated is working out. Okay. It has nothing to do with real estate at all, but that keeps my head straight. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that is a big thing for me. And I am a social person. Um, so I, I like to be around my friends and stuff like that. I, I have a very large social life. The stuff yeah. that keeps me motivated has absolutely nothing to do with real estate. Right. <laughs> so, right. sure. Sure. so that's how I stay motivated. So you set those goals to make sure that you're going to hit those and that those time commitments, you know, you, you hit them, you do those no matter what, make sure that yes. you get yeah. Well, yeah, I'm working on that. I'm not going to tell you that I hit them every time, but sure. I'm doing the best I can and I am getting better every day. Sure. <laughs> so. I'm really trying to think now for, 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 for sales. Why do you think, I've heard you actually talk about this before. You want, why do you think sales experience is so important for anyone? Because everything's a sale, man. Everything's a sale. Everything in life that you could possibly do is some type of sale. So if you're going to go work out, you know, and you're going to go and you want to get in better shape. If you work out for two months straight, you're probably going to be in better shape. And that's your commission right. for the sale. You know, um, if you're going to go out to a bar and you meet some girl that came with your group that you think is awesome and um, you go up and start talking to her and you get a date, that would be a sale, a commission. You know, I know that sounds bad, but it's like life is life is a sale. You are selling yourself every single day. You're selling yourself to your employer. You're selling yourself to your friends. You're selling yourself to your significant other. You're selling yourself to anybody that's going to give you anything and everything you want in life, a stranger has, period. Mm -hmm. So that's how I look at it. That's why sales is so important. If you can't sell and you can't sell yourself, the world will literally crush you. So it's, it's a very important thing to learn. Hmm. What was the biggest, uh, what was your biggest challenge? What would you say was your biggest challenge in real estate? Was it that, that first house or has it been anything since that other than the, the door coming off the car with the house? I mean, like any, <laughs> any big project, any big time, because it's like, because real estate is so challenging in the, in the early year. A lot of people, it's just like, it's just like a lot of the um, bigger firms that'll hire a lot of cold callers, people that'll do, you know, BDRs, people that'll do right. phone sales, they turn over a, you know, 70, 80% clip sometimes. So talk about, talk about that. Talk about your biggest challenge you had to overcome to really lock in that you were going to do real estate. Was it the house or was it anything else? You know what, dude, I, I think the biggest, hardest thing for real estate for me was actually probably my first year, um, in sales because when mm. I switched from my because when I was in the salary, I had a salary when I was doing cold calls. Um, and when I switched over, I had like no money in the bank. Like I remember, this was so distinctive to, to me. I, I, I saved up to go to this trip, Cedar Point. I, I was going to Cedar Point and I was nervous getting lunch if my credit card was going to clear. 
It was so nerve wracking. Mm. Um, and it was, it was wild to me because I was working probably 80 hours a week. And I, I think I might've scraped by around 30 grand that year. Um, which, you know, it, you can live on that, but it's, you know, to work that much and make that, you know, when, when you're looking at your friends and stuff, I had a big hard time with comparisons for a long time. You know, I'd have my friends that got out of college and got a, a you know, a salary job sure. making 60 grand, you know, um, doing half the hours, you know, it definitely, and then you got people saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, um, so I would say my first two years was really, really hard um, to stick in there. Um, but year three just blew up. And I'm in year four, and year four is really, um, really blowing blowing everything out of the water. So I, I think you just got to hang in there. I think it's with anything. Anything worth mm -hmm. it is going to take time. So mm. that's that's what I would say. I love it. Um, well, I wanted to have you on to talk about kind of an overlay on real estate for both people trying to get into it and also people who are going to use it to you know invest and build wealth over time. Do you have any other big things that you want to leave um, – leave the audience with right now any, any lasting advice or anything for from a real estate perspective and really just your own perspective what do you want to leave with the audience as we wrap up yeah you know what i when things get really really hard you just got to keep pushing through it's like when you're at the gym the reps really don't matter until it starts to hurt you know when it starts to hurt that's when things really start happening with the muscles right wow. so i think if you can just really persist and push through um I mean, you can do, people can do whatever they want in life. They, they have every ability to do whatever they want to do um, and they can accomplish anything in business or, you know, whatever fact, facet of life they want to come and, you know, raise up or whatever. But I think that's my biggest thing, you know, get through it, push through and it's going to build your character and it's really going to make, when things are going well, it's really going to make it sweet for you. Mm. Chris Griffin, my brother. Awesome podcast. Thanks for having me. On. Very cool. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Get After It podcast. Uh, Chris was awesome. If you want to connect with him, find him on Facebook, find him on Instagram, uh, Chris Griffin, uh, and also find his YouTube channel, Close the Deal by Chris Griffin. Um, only great stuff that is going to be coming out there. With all that being said, uh, my name is Aaron Griffin. You can find me on Instagram, Aaron Z. Griffin. Same thing with Facebook. Would love to connect with you all. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Get After Podcast. If you guys thought it was awesome, share it with a friend and also leave us a review. Helps us a ton in finding new, new people uh, for the podcast, new listeners, whatever the case may be. That's all I have for you guys. Take care. Let's get after it. Talk to you all soon.